0: Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. If I told her that there was something wrong with breakfast, all she heard was she was a horrible person. Is I, I wasn't saying she was a horrible person. I'm just saying you burned the biscuits. That's all I'm saying, Karen. Take them out quicker next time. Oh well, you hate me and I'm you know God can't love me and I'm ugly and fat. Well, okay, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. So but I was also very defensive and so listen when you won't let your spouse complain the problems don't go away they accumulate when our behavior is destructive the only answer is to correct it and get it right. Now there's four, I believe there are four basic reasons why people become destructive, okay, just just basic. And the number one is ignorance. We just don't know any better. Hosea 4 says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Karen and I got married at 19 years old. I met the pastor who married us the day he married us, and I had not a clue about marriage. Someone mentioned to me in, in the seminar here during one of the breaks, they said this should be required in every high school is to teach this information. Don't you agree with that? My gosh. You know, we teach math and science and all those things which are important, but we need to teach people how to succeed in relationships. But the truth is most of us, most people didn't come out of a happy home. Uh, In fact, many people came out of a broken home where there was a single parent there, and so they didn't see a marriage, or they saw a failed marriage. Well, how do you succeed when you're, when you're trying to draw from ignorance, that's what Karen and I both did. I just, I was completely ignorant. In fact, I had a lot of misinformation and deception. The number one thing now that's gonna lead you to success is a teachable spirit. And so ignorance is, I believe, the number one reason that so many people are failing today in marriage and are destructive. I never met a couple who wanted to fail in marriage. That I've, I've never met anybody who just wanted to divorce is we get married because we wanna be happy, but the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This area of of marriage is something, of course, we're passionate about teaching uh, people, but just simple things that you can teach people can very profoundly affect their life. So here's here's a commitment I'm asking you to make. Okay, just, just think about this. You're gonna read at least one book on marriage together every year. On finances, on communication, on sex, on intimacy, on dealing with your emotions that you'll never stop learning. I do not consider myself a marriage expert. I consider myself a marriage student because I have not arrived and I'm still learning about marriage. And you'll go through seasons of life. And so maybe I did, you know, get to a place in another season of our lives where, you know, I knew how to deal with that, but now there's other things going on. We're in a different season with aging parents and grandchildren and things like that. And so we're going to be continuing education students in the area of marriage. I'm not gonna be ignorant, in other words. I'm gonna be teachable and continue to learn. Number two thing that causes people to be destructive is past hurts. Here's, here's how to deal with your hurts of your past. You have to be honest. You just have to be honest and, and say I'm hurt. It's hard sometimes for men. Sometimes it's hard for women. Women are better at it than men, I think. Because of, but what I thought is if I, ever, if I ever, if I ever show her weakness, the world is gonna crumble. When I showed her weakness, was when the world came together. My fear kept my hurt in the darkness and it kept my life distorted and dysfunctional. But when I finally began to admit to Karen, I, I'm, Karen, I'm hurting. And I'm ashamed of this. I'm ashamed. This is what, when I finally started talking to Karen, that's what she wanted to hear. She knew I was messed up, my gosh, you know. And she had heard some of the things that, uh, that happened to me when I was growing up, and that's why she kept saying, Jimmy, how did you feel about that? And I would just say, feel what? I don't care, I don't know what you're talking about. I remember, you know, I was telling you about my dad not coming to my games, and this is, this is a silly thing, you know, it's not the worst thing. I'm, some of you have had much worse things happen than that, but I remember just looking on the sidelines for my dad, like kids would do, it wasn't there. You just deal with that, you know. You just, you just go on, but it, but it made me feel rejected and frustrated and hurt, and th- but I never dealt with it, it just, I just stuffed it on the inside. I had to get to a place where my fears, the devil is the devil of darkness, anything in darkness is under his domain. You can't kick the devil off of his own property, but you can shine the light and he has to leave. When your shame and pain is in the darkness, it is a breeding ground. For the devil and he'll use it against you and he'll use it as a, a headquarters to 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 devastate your relationships but when you turn the light of god on it and just simply say this is what happened you don't say it to everybody but you say it in the right places so you have to admit your pain the second thing you have to take responsibility for your for your actions with karen i i blamed it on karen i blamed it on everybody else but i had to take responsibility for what I had done. Another thing is forgiveness. You have to forgive everybody. Forgiveness is the biggest issue of emotional healing. You say, how do I forgive? Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. I'm, I'm not a person who hates, but there's been a couple of people I hated, truly hated. My happy thought was their obituary. I wanted bad things for them. I had a little dungeon in my heart that I crawled down into and tortured them and came back out. (laughs) And, And the Lord told me one day about them, I want you to bless them. And I said to the Lord, Lord, if I bless them and you actually listened and you bless them, then I've got problems with you. And the Lord, and let me say this, it was changing my personality toward Karen. See, I wasn't mad at Karen, I was mad at them, but I was taking it out on Karen. And that's why I'm saying, regardless of who you're mad at, it's gonna come out on your spouse more than anybody else. Okay, so in obedience to God, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it, in obedience to God, I began to bless this one individual specifically I did it every day. The Lord told me to do it every day. And after about 10 days, I woke up one morning and I was blessing them and praying for them. And in an instant of time, my heart turned from bitterness to great compassion for that person. You can't hate a person you're praying for. You can't hate a person that you bless. can't do it. You can't do it long term. And a lot of people say, well, I've forgiven my father for what he did to me but my feelings just don't change. I've forgiven my stepfather, I've forgiven my mother, my stepmother, I've forgiven my ex-husband, my ex-wife, I've forgiven, but my feelings never change. Bless those who curse you. Another thing that causes people to be destructive is bad friends and negative influences. First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. it says, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. Your friends predict your future. Uh, adultery, divorce, addictions run in groups is that you'll find that, that when divorce happens, when adultery happens, when things like that happen, you find that there's a support system for it. When Karen and I became uh, Christians, uh, when we got married, I didn't like Christians. Um, I didn't I didn't want to go to church. Uh, Karen wanted us to go to church. I didn't want to go to church because I just didn't like Christians, and I, I didn't want to be around them. But we started going to church. I, I told Karen, I said, okay, we'll go to church. And we met some great friends in church. But I still smoked. I still smoked, and I, and I just... I felt so self-conscious because I felt like I was the least spiritual person in our church. and we we went to church. This is one of these issues, you know, there's like we go to church one time, and Karen signs us up for a discipleship class. And she says, we I want us to go to this discipleship class. And I said, Karen, you know, it' was a small group. I could hide in a big group, but in small groups, I knew that people would find out how messed up I was, and you know and I didn't want that. And uh, so we go to this this discipleship group. We walk in. And the leader of the group, there's 13 people in the group. The leader of the group says, uh, well, we need a worship leader. Does anybody play the guitar? And Karen says, he plays the guitar, he'll lead worship. (laughs) I think, you want to hear the Rolling Stones? Is that what you people worship too? Because I, worship, never played it in my life. I I was struggling with stopping smoking at that point in time. I was about 25 years old. And I was trying to stop smoking. And I I just felt very, very self-conscious in that group. Well, let me say this. The church is not a place where people don't have issues. Church is a place where we're all dealing with our issues. And we've decided to let Jesus deal with our issues. And that's the commonality of church. And everyone needs to be a part of church. You're going to be like your friends. I want a group of friends that encourage me to do the right thing. I don't want a group of friends around me that when I'm struggling in my marriage want me to go to happy hour strip bars with them. And encourage me to Divorce. I want friends that when I'm going through marriage problems will tell me I'm the problem and encourage me to go to church with them and work on my issues. My friends, if I started complaining about Karen's, my friend would beat me up. They like Karen better than me anyway. But (laughs) when you have bad friends and negative influences, they're going to influence your marriage in a bad way. Bad company corrupts good morals. And There's one other thing that causes destructive behavior, and that's defensiveness. Uh, John Gottman, University of Washington, they have four predictors of divorce. They can predict divorce with a 93% accuracy. And one of the predictors of divorce is defensiveness. Not allowing your, your spouse the right to complain. Being defensive when someone's trying to tell you something about yourself. And defensiveness means I will not allow my spouse the ability to process problems. I would not let when Karen and I first got married. I didn't want her, and by the way, she wouldn't let me complain either because she had so, such low self-esteem that if I told her that there was something wrong with breakfast, all she heard was she was a horrible person. Is I I wasn't saying she was a horrible person. I'm just saying you burned the biscuits. That's all I'm saying. Karen, take them out quicker next time. Oh well, you hate me, and I'm you know God can't love me, and I'm ugly and fat. Well, okay, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Okay. So. But I was also very defensive. And so, listen, when you won't let your spouse complain, the problems don't go away. They accumulate. Okay. Defensiveness also means I will not validate your concerns. And validation, sometimes if I don't agree, at least I can validate and say, I understand that you're upset. And I understand that that's, that's bothering you, what I'm doing. And just the validation. But defensiveness means I won't even validate it. It means I won't even entertain the possibility that could be problems, and have that I'm the problem. In fact, what defensiveness says is you're the problem. But The reason I'm not letting you complain is because you're actually the problem, but defensiveness also means I'm emotionally weak. If, if a person who's emotionally healthy can listen to anything, doesn't mean I agree. It doesn't mean I'm going to lay down and play dead, but it just means say what you have to say, and I'll process it, and I'll let you process it. Every functional family talks. Functional families talk. Dysfunctional families don't talk. In dysfunctional families, there's silence and secrets. And we just don't talk, we just don't process things. But in functional families, say what you wanna say. Defensiveness destroys intimacy and feelings of goodwill. It inhibits honesty and the ability to share openly, and it locks problems into our relationship. Okay, so let let me finish this message by talking about the four main destructive behaviors in marriage. Okay, number one is criticism. Criticism. Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And by the way, the next verse says, He who finds a good wife, or he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. There's a lot of reasons that we can become critical, but they're all devastating. And there are certain rules that we can use in our marriage. And first of all, it's the 10 to 1 rule. And that is, for every time I say anything negative, I'm going to say 10 things positive. And if I hadn't said 10 things positive, I haven't, heard, I haven't earned the right to complain. Okay, and I'm not talking about being critical. I'm just saying even complaining. You need to praise a lot more than you criticize, and if you don't, it's gonna devastate the marriage. The second thing is this, and this is a huge issue, and that is I take responsibility to build your self-esteem. I take responsibility to build my wife's self-esteem, and Karen takes responsibility to build mine. And by that, I mean this. Not only am I not gonna be your critic, I'm gonna be your biggest fan. It doesn't mean that I won't tell you if something's wrong. But there's a difference between criticizing and complaining. Criticizing means I'm pointing the finger at you and this is all about you. Complaining means, just means I'm telling you how I feel. You can tell your spouse how you feel without being critical. It, I say to Karen, you know, Karen, I don't know what you meant by that but let me tell you how it made me feel. I'm not attacking her. I'm just saying I don't know what you meant by that. I, I'm not saying you're a bad person or you intended to hurt me. But when you said that the other day, this is the way it made me feel. When I, when I complain in that way, because it's about me, it's not about you. When I say it in that way, she can hear it, everything's fine, and we go on. When I don't say it that way, when I say it with a, a more critical, accusatory tone, she immediately becomes on the defensive. And so I take responsibility to build your self-esteem, and if I'm going to complain to you, it means I've already earned the right to do that because I'm a lot more positive than I would ever be negative in our relationship, so that's a destructive behavior. The second is control and dominance. That means there's a disproportionate control of the relationship. Marriage is equal. All of your decisions, you make together. That's, that's just a, an ethic in marriage. No one controls the money. No one controls the children. No one controls the home. No one controls the, the schedule. Every decision we make, we make together. In everything that I do today, Karen is my equal, I will not act without her, period. I will not, I will not leave her behind, and she will not leave me behind. Everything we do, we do together. Everything we do, we're in agreement on before we do it. And that is where intimacy and goodwill comes from because we share our relationship and share our marriage. But where there's dominance, there's gonna be destructiveness. Number three, destructive behavior is checking out, and that's just emotional abandonment. In Hebrews 13, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And leave means physically leave, but forsake means turn your heart away. You can turn your heart away from a person you're sitting right next to. Because of hurt, because of disappointment, because of busyness or stress or temptation, you can literally emotionally check out of your marriage and all adultery is preceded by emotional abandonment. All adultery is. Is long before I had the adultery, I turned my heart away from you. And the commitment here is simply, it's, it's destructive. You know that person's checked out. You can tell by the look on their face. They're just, you're just checked out. I don't know where you are, but you're not here. You're with somebody else doing something else. And God says, not only will I never physically leave you, I'll never turn my heart away. I will never emotionally, in all of eternity, our God will never emotionally abandon us. But let me tell you, he's had some good reasons too. Did you know that? We've broken his heart a thousand times. But God, God made a decision. And let me say, God says that right up front. God says right up front in our relationship, I will never, you can do anything you want to do, I will never check out on you. Through disappointment, through pain, through hurt, through unmet needs, through whatever, I'm going to fight for this relationship and I'm not going to turn my heart away. That I checked out on Karen. I was not home. Uh, in fact, there, there were times, and this, this, I'm ashamed to say this, there were times I'd be sitting at our dinner table, so checked out, and I would wake up and my family would be standing, staring at me going, Dad, Dad. And I was just at work. I was a million miles away dealing with other problems, and I was checked out. And it, it affected our children. This is when they were young, and I was young in ministry, and it affected our kids. And thank God that you know, God healed me, and I, I changed and came back. But when you check out on a relationship, it causes damage. And the first is cruelty and abuse. We all suffer because of each other in marriage, and suffering is one thing, but the other is where it becomes abusive. Physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally. And uh, for whatever reason, a person becomes abusive. And I just want to say this very clearly. Don't stay in an abusive relationship. Abuse means damage. It means that the grace is not there. And either mentally or verbally or physically, you're, you're being abused in a certain manner that is, uh, is damaging you. And you need to tell your spouse, I won't, I won't put up with this is you have to change your behavior or I'm going to leave. I'm not saying you divorce, but I'm saying you find a safe place to be where you and maybe your children are not being damaged and you're not under that influence. And from that safe place, maybe your spouse has to leave. But from that safe place, you appeal to your spouse and say, I love you, but you have to go get help. You're going to have to learn to deal with your issues in a constructive manner. And if you get help and when you get help, we'll start talking about Restoring our relationship because I love you and I'm committed to our relationship, but I'm not going to be your whipping post I'm not going to let you use me to ventilate your anger in a wrong way for whatever reason that you you have that anger and Make them get help and accountability. Well, I hope you enjoyed that teaching. You know, this is Just a part of the ten part seminar that I do called Marriage on the Rock. It was the first seminar that I ever did first book I ever wrote was Marriage on the Rock, it still is to this day the most important marriage teaching that I do. And we wanna put this into your hands, the full seminar series and the book, we wanna put it into your hands. And right now, for your gift of any amount to marriage today, we wanna send you the CD single, The Most Important Issue in Marriage. It's the first teaching in the seminar, it's the first chapter in the book, and it is the most important issue in marriage. It will change your life, it will change your marriage. For your gift of $50 or more, we wanna send you the full series on CD, the full 10-part Marriage on the Rock series, plus we'll send you the book. For your gift of $110 or more to Marriage Today, we're gonna to send you the Marriage on the Rock book, the 10-part DVD series, plus our special romance book called Happy, Happy, Love. You know. We want to put these into your hands to change your marriage and to help you solve any problems if you're experiencing any problems in your relationship, even if you're single or divorced, to give you hope, to prepare you for a marriage. But also to understand we're a mission and we're a ministry that goes all over the world. When you're helping marriage today, when you give to us, not only are you blessing your own marriage, you're helping us to reach couples all over the world and keep little children together with their parents. Go online right now, pick up your telephone, And order these important
1: resources. Marriage on the Rock, the best selling book in series, is the essential resource to having the marriage of your dreams. Through this power packed series, marriage expert Jimmy Evans will show you how to deal with real life challenges and offer easy to understand solutions that will transform your relationship. Jimmy will address all the major issues a couple will encounter, like communication, finances, sex, kids, his and her needs, blended families, and much more. For your gift of any amount, you'll receive the CD single, The Most Important Issue in Marriage. For your gift of $50 or more, we'll send you the Marriage on the Rock book and CD series. For your gift of $110 or more, you'll receive the book and DVD series, plus the passion-reigniting Happy Happy Love Book. Discover God's design for your dream marriage. Whether you've been married for years or just preparing for the journey, experience Marriage on the Rock today.
0: Well, this is an important program because we're talking, Karen, about destructive husbands and Mm -hmm. wives. You know, uh, there is suffering in marriage, and we all suffer in marriage because of each other. I mean, we're all imperfect. And then there's abuse. Mm -hmm. But destructive behavior just simply means the, the marriage is obviously being affected in a very negative way. There may or may not be abuse. But with destructive behavior, it just means... It's just going to do more damage the longer mm-hmm. it goes on. Now we had a destructive relationship. Mm-hmm. I was a destructive spouse, very verbally abusive, very dominant. So let's start for a minute, Karen. There's two sides to this issue. There's the side that of the person who's destructive mm-hmm. that I talked about. Then there's the side of the person who's on the other end of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and you're you're in a marriage, and I know many of you are in a marriage where there's a person who is destructive. Now. You responded righteously, Mm -hmm. Um, and it changed me. I mean, it was huge. But the person that's destructive many times doesn't change. So what did you do?
2: Well, I love this story because, you know, it's um, hopeful for anyone, you know, whether you're the destructive person or like I was. And that is, you know, when you realize you can't change a person, when you realize okay we've been doing this thing over and over and over again and nothing's changed maybe we should try something different and so that's what kind of clicked with me i remember thinking i can see right now because of your strength of your personality and the way you're able to use words so w- well and i would be like okay wait i got to think and so because of my past having so much self-hate you know i had i had so much internal issues anyway and so I remember waking up one day and thinking, I'm sick of this. I can't stand this anymore. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to live like this. And, you know, what can I do? And I know it was the grace of God. And it was, He just in, encouraged me, you know, to start finding out who I am in God. You know, start reading the Bible like, you know, and and see what God says. And because we were Christians, you know, we knew that we should, you know, there's a certain way a Christian should be, and we weren't being that way. And so as I started reading, you know, it just began to change me uh, supernaturally. I mean, I love to say that the Word of God is alive. It's active. It's able to go into places that we don't even know about. And, um, you know, we used to, when we, we were going through what we went through, I called it sin. You know, later on, they start calling it dysfunctional or you're codependent. Well, we didn't have those words. We only had the, you know, you're sinning and you're, and sinning basically is you're not treating another person right or right. you're not treating yourself right, right. You know, and so, you know, I started focusing on that. You know, Lord, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be full of self-hatred. I want to be positive in our marriage. I want to be kind. I want to be patient and loving. And um, as the Lord started healing those things in me that were wrong, and a lot of it was thinking, you know, the strongholds yeah. that were in my mind of certain thinking patterns that were so wrong. And, um, and so the Lord started, you know, showing me things and, and helping me. And he was very patient with me because it took a long time. And then as I started getting myself healed, I realized my, my part was to treat you right no matter how you acted. Yeah. You know, no matter how what you said to me, my choices of how I treated you were just as important as the, the destruction that you were doing.
0: Well, you know, Karen, you, you made a righteous response to my destructive behavior, mm-hmm. and it's the only thing that changed me. If you would have kept fighting with me, mm-hmm. I would have kept fighting with you. Yeah. But you did the right thing first, and it really disarmed The destructive behavior, and that's that's what this teaching is about. So wherever you are, man or woman, you know whatever side of this that you're on, understand that that this destructive behavior, you know, turn it to God, Mm -hmm. and and trust God. Don't don't keep doing it the way you've been doing it, but just like Karen said, turn it to God and believe God that He can do a miracle for your marriage. We hope that this is helpful to you. Uh, We want you to become a partner with us. If you're not already a partner with Marriage Day, here's how you can do it.
2: Life is a journey, once full of hope, to make this world a better place, to leave a legacy to the ones we love. But somewhere along that journey, we've lost our way, forgotten what's important. When
0: marriage is no longer respected, couples begin to separate and their children begin to suffer. Marriage is the future. We must build marriage. And what we love to do here at Marriage Today is give people hope because marriage works. Marriage works wonderfully. God would never create anything for failure. God's plan for marriage is perfect. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage. Marriage Today is here to help every couple thrive. Even if you failed, even if you came out of a broken home, even if you've never seen a good marriage, every person can succeed in marriage, and that gives hope. We love helping people in marriage, but we have to have support to do that. In our television program, in our live events, in everything that we do, we know that we're touching millions of lives every year and millions of families. Would you stand with us as we build marriages in America and around the world? The families that we help and the children that we keep together with our parents are because of you. Please consider giving your most generous gift to help us here at Marriage Today, lift the standard around the world for marriage and family.
2: Thanks for watching. Follow Marriage Today for more marriage-building tips and resources.